Tim. Season two, episode 21 of Stats of Matter. It's the one with the mock draft. We're going to give you some insight into the fantasy football choices we're making. Should you make them? Probably some of these choices you should make. And Tim, I'm sure you're going to make a couple picks that I don't think you should pick. And if I pick Russell Wilson anywhere before the fifth round, you're going to say I shouldn't have made that pick. So it's going to be good. We're also introducing a new segment this episode, Four Quarters. It's our four quick short stories. I know what you're thinking. If you're listening, you're like, short, stance to matter? Yeah, right. Psych. In our cups this week, it's an Imperial Stout from San Diego, California, and a hazy IPA from Canton, Massachusetts. Everyday Stout Day, Tim. So I don't know why you're on the IPA train as lately, but I, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm here for it. I was, I was. I bet they were trying to figure out uh, who was who in this one. Yep, and yep. Mixed that one. Yep, threw them yeah. for a loop, didn't I? Everyone knows. Stats to matter on IG at Stats Podcast on Twitter. Find us wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Google, Spotify. Tim, let's get into the damn show. Let's go. Thinking you'd say, let's go, boys. But all right, here we go. Tim, trying to be inclusive now. Just Tim, trying to be inclusive. We should, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, since, you, since you're just switching it up, why don't you kick us off this week with what's in your cup? Yeah, so I went full Moby Dick this uh, this this episode. Well. Um, I had uh, I had the beer stork show up at the door today. I figured it's been a little while since I went out and chased a couple, so... I did just that. In, in my hand, I have a big boy. Uh, I have a Trillium uh, Monkish collaboration. Um, Monkish puts one out called Insert Hip Hop Reference uh, pretty regularly. Uh, this is the, the collaboration version of that. It's called Insert Hip Hop Reference Anywhere. And it's a uh, triple IPA coming in at a, uh, a, a sweet, smooth 10%. But... Um, I am going to hold. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause a little bit on on my hopes here, only because we know what happened with the last one. We thought was a yeah. whale. Uh, Keen design on this one is actually very similar. For being honest, that's sort of minimalistic but uh, busy design. It's like a Rorschach test with all those dots. Yeah, but the front of it, it what it's supposed to look like two speakers because you can't you can't really tell on camera, but it's got a like a, a power button and the volume, you know, actually that's what it's supposed to look like. Those little portable speakers, like the little Bluetooth speakers you take with you. Interesting. Power, volume up, volume down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at that. Uh, while I'm opening this funny story, my, uh, we went out to dinner with some friends of ours and on the way home, I plugged my phone into my car, Apple play kicked on and I put on the Sox Yankees game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got home, uh, my son and I sat in the car for an extra 20 minutes watching the game just cause he thought it was just cause he thought it was cool hearing it on the, the speakers in the car. Technology. It's pretty great. <clears throat> Sucks lost, but. Well, yeah, they lost that game. But, I mean, come on. They just go ahead. They just rolled over the Orioles the other day. After going yeah. against uh, Champa Bay, there, there were some good offensive outposts, you know, in the last couple of weeks. You know, they lost today, but that happened. <sighs> Again, with the turpid, like, pineapple mango juice. That, good luck. Hmm. Wow, this one smells very sweet, which I was not expecting. It doesn't have that normal. I describe it all the time. Like there's a brewery smell that you smell in beers, and this isn't. Uh, this doesn't have it, but it smells very much like pineapple juice. Tastes a lot like juice, which is terrifying for a ten percent beer. Yep, for a triple. Um, wow. 
It is, um, man, how do I, how do I describe what this tastes like? It's, it's great. It's great. Um, normally triples tend to have, uh, like an alcohol bite on the end of it. Noticeable Uh, ones too. Yeah. I've done a couple triples on the podcast so far. Um, a couple of them have had it. Um, there's one I think by Armada Brewing that did not. That was one of the better ones I had had in a while. This trumps that by a mile, and it's very strange when I say that because I'm, I'm on the record saying that I don't like grapefruit, and the first taste you get out of this is like a mouthful of pineapple grape juice. Like that's the first thing you get. But what's interesting is it gets sweeter as it like sits and hangs out in your mouth. Yeah. So it starts right off the bat. You get a grapefruit. It kind of, kind of gives way to sort of this uh, pineapple-y sweeter flavor. And then the taste that you're like left with is like candy. Like, and I can't put my finger on what, it's almost like, um, almost like a Jolly Rancher like left in your mouth a little bit but it's got some of that grapefruit bitter to it it's a good blend it's sweet but it's not too sweet that that grapefruit sort of forward start of this kind of lingers around enough that it kind of mutes some of that overly sweetness but i mean i i gotta keep in mind here i'm drinking a 10 percent triple ipa and i'm talking about like bitter and sweet not like harsh burn um trillium has put out a a, a triple before that suffered from that same problem i had one of those it was several years ago it's i mean it was probably six years ago now um but man that thing was like uh drinking you know a a shot of whiskey without all the benefits like that sucker just burned all the way down (laughs) it was like mango something or other um but this this is not that this is fantastic i would put this up there um with in the in my top three triple IPAs I've ever had of all time, um, of all time, it's, it's on still, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's still uh, heavy on the grapefruit a little bit, so that's kind of a, a point I got to dock. But I don't know how you can avoid that dry hopping. I mean, hopping the shit out of a, a beer to get it this way. Yes, but I'm still going to give it. I'm going to give it a four too. This is uh, this is a solid, solid beer. Um, yeah, I, and I can't quite figure out what flavor uh maybe like an orange probably what it's like an orange jolly rancher is kind of how it finishes they even make the way out they used to back in my day pepperidge mm-hmm. farm remembers yeah it's 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 crazy the the quickness in which it changes flavors because bam bit of grapefruit like a half a second later a little bit of pineapple sneaks in there and then boom uh a, a candied finish with a little grapefruit lingering behind it. It's good. Very, very good. Very dangerous. A four pack of these suckers. It is, it is thick. That's the thing. Like it's, I know I said it was turpid, but it's, it's, it's hard, you know, to, there you go. You can kind of see it on the camera. Oh yeah. It is. It's thick. It's thick. But again, it's got that normal trillium like undercarb, which I don't get. Anyway, maybe good beer. yeah, four two. Four two. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, Tim, you know, as I have taken a lot of L's on the uh, bird app, colloquially known as Twitter, um, every day is tab day, apparently. 
And mm-hmm. shout out to Rainier Growlers. And Ben hooked me up with this Modern Times beer. Uh, it's called Soft Swerve Fudgy Brownie Pretzel. Okay? Mm-hmm. It okay. is a imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with coconibs, sea salt, brown sugar, vanilla, and pretzels. And the beer is vegan, in case you didn't know. Huh, Modern Times, great, great IPA brewery. Also a very good Imperial Stout Brewery. Very, very good. They also make coffee, too. Like, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot going I have on. A, I have a, a bag of their coffee, uh, their bourbon-aged coffee beans in my uh, cabinet right now. Absolutely wild. Uh, so, you know, everyday stout day. And uh, this is 13.9%. So that's why I made that joke earlier about uh, me taking Russell Wilson probably one round or two too early because it's probably going to happen the way that this is going. Um, I cracked it and I can already smell just straight up bourbon. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. You can definitely, it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of foam for, for a barely beer. Op- oh yeah. It's the opposite, opposite of what mine was. Yeah. Mine literally had dissipated in, in, in like seconds. I don't, I'm excited I, for yours though. I, I, I think I'm, you know, sometimes like you smell something and you already like picture like what it could be and like you begin to taste in the tip of your tongue. Never even had it. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm not gonna say it out loud. I'm thinking it, but let's let's go. God, I can smell the salt too. Okay, there's sea salt <laughs> in that for sure. The look Ooh. on Sam's face is not a pleasant one. Oh, it's still. Uh... Reverberating like all this. I don't like all the sounds that you're making. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had like? <laughs> my face is getting red now. You ever had like um like sea salt and caramel like ice cream? You ever had uh, that? Yeah. Or like yeah. you know dark chocolate with like sea salt and stuff in it. It's like that's like the hip yep. thing to do. This to yep. me tastes like a chocolate covered pretzel that's been dusted with sea salt for no damn reason, uh, and then just left to sit in a bourbon barrel. Should okay. not work on its face. Um, it's a little too salty for me. But I cannot taste the booze. I smelt the booze, but I cannot taste it. Interesting. For a uh, 14% beer, this is not going to be good. So, um, you know. Oh, I want to see I want to see if you can actually get through another, like, drink of it, though. Because that was not a pleasant look. It, it's sort of like. You just gave us. When, you remember, like, the first scotch you had? Like, you took your first sip and you were like, <gasps> But then uh, you, you, that's a very different story, right? But that is just. But you like, take you take another sip and then another sip, and eventually your body's like, well, I guess we're doing this. Like it, it, you, you don't even fight the moonlight anymore. You know what I mean? Leanne it took Ryan. several. It took several years in order for that flavor to go away. Because if, if for those of you out there who have not uh, enjoyed a scotch in your lifetime, it tastes like you're drinking an ashtray. Like that's the desired flavor profile is just straight smoky peat which is peat moss mm. uh it gives us this uh but yeah 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 i, I get what you're saying um <clears throat> second sip not a lot of salt okay uh, I don't, so i i maybe it was just in the beginning that's just kind of how it happened but um Look, I, I have no frame of reference. I'm not a very, very big Imperial Stout guy. Um, I, I would have thought putting that much adjuncts into a stout would have definitely overburdened. And the only thing I really tasted in the beginning was the salt. That's now disappeared. And again, no visible alcohol bite whatsoever. 
I'm going to give it a 4-1. Again, okay. really no frame of reference. I do not think I could drink another one of these. Like By the time that I chew and get through this one, the next time I see chalk cover pretzels at the store, I might be like, nah, fam, I need to, <laughs> I need to hold off gonna, for a minute. <laughs> I need to set a reminder to check in with you in 10 minutes to see if that's still the case. I mean, in 10 minutes, I could either be finished this beer or, you know, on planet Xanatu. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Those are the beers. That's what's in our cups this week. Uh, go find them. Now let's get into this sports stories. We've got this new segment, Tim, four quarters, four yep. sports stories. Maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. We're going to give our takes on them because that's why you're here. Uh, first quarter, European football. I yep. always talk about how, the super team is like a uniquely American thing, and we've exported certain things in America to other parts of the sporting world. Uh, yep. We talked about Lionel Messi after he won the Copa America, and I was kind of in awe at the time. I was like, he's just – he's like the GOAT. It's him or Ronaldo. Like, you know, yep. that's just we, – we don't really talk about European football on this podcast a lot. Because Barcelona, FC Barca, couldn't balance their books, they were like some 700 million euros in debt – they could not afford to keep their franchise cornerstone. That's the story. Yeah. Put your Tim Spiracy hat on. Who knows where it's going to end up. But because of that, Paris Saint-Germain now has Lionel Messi, one of the greatest soccer players of all time on their team with Kylian Mbappe, who is a young, up-and-coming, absolute stud, in addition to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was in FIFA and, and UEFA, and, he, and he's a great European football player. He came to MLS and was with the uh, Los Angeles Galaxy for a couple of years, set records, and then left, and now is playing on PSG. Or as I like to say, the Golden State Warriors of professional football. Because yeah. they have an unbelievable team. And last year's Champions League finals between Paris Saint-Germain and Manchester City. Manchester City is a team that's built up of a whole bunch of gritty players, blue-chip players. You really kind of get behind them. They now have their most hated rival, who was tough anyways, and they lost to in the Champions League final last year. It's an arms race. And regular football fans might not be a fan of this, but I'm here for this shit. I just, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like how we're going to have, we'll get to it later on, but there's going to be a really, really hype matchup on Christmas Day for the NBA. I'm all about mm-hmm. super teams all of a sudden. I want to see super teams bludgeon each other to death. Not literally, but you know what I mean. That That is what we're doing here. How, as a club... This dude has been with you his, his entire professional career. You've won champions. He he won the Ballon d'Or. He was the best player in soccer at age 22. And he's never come down from that pedestal. And you can't balance the books? Like, no. there is something more going on there. But what a tumultuous way for that relationship to end. And people in Barcelona, they're all PSG fans now. Let's be honest. No one's going to be like, oh, hey, FC Barca. They're like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm watching PSG. Yep, I'm a PSG fan now. It's like that uh, Homer Simpson meme where he like walks back into the the bushes and he comes out wearing a different shirt. That's what it is now. Yeah, I uh, I, I saw some of the press conference and he was like genuinely shocked by it. Crying. Like he was in tears under the impression that they had worked it out and they had a deal in place, and then suddenly it it wasn't. So, um, yeah, he's the kind of athlete where you you know un- unless. Let's just say unless he was asking for some crazy extension, like he took he offered to take a fifty percent salary reduction, yeah, that's 
something something had to have been up in the negotiation process or in the relationship process or, or something because uh he's a caliber of player that you make exceptions for uh, i mean it, it'll never come i mean it may like a year or two from now someone will come out off the record and and maybe talk about it a little bit but i got to imagine it's probably not just a numbers thing um tom brady for example used to take pay cuts Mm -hmm. however a lot of those pay cuts were made up in other avenues like performance bonuses endorsements uh, and like well not just that but there are things that were tied to his contract oh you mean like elevators a lot of those so on paper he was making less but ultimately he ended up coming out pretty much the same from the team so the team was still you know in one way or another potentially at least on the hook for whatever that full salary ask was going to be it's just the upfront and the hit to the salary cap was less so you know perhaps he was trying to take a 50 percent pay cut at least on the books but there may have been you know other ways or incentives he was trying to build in to make up for some of that who who knows it is very very strange to see something like that shake out that way because he's one of those players you thought for sure was just going to end up retiring on that team and then coming over to MLS and just destroying everybody before. And it's not going to happen. Miami was this close. And that man said, I'd rather go to Paris and eat baguettes and smoke cigarettes than go to Miami. Yeah. I mean, he probably got paid a lot more to go to to Miami because I don't know if you know, but FIFA has a little bit more money than MLS. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. The deal is reported to be two years. Uh, I think around somewhere around 120 million euros, and and he's supposed to get you know you know some some merchandising fees as well. Look, fantastic for for PSG. They've been one of those up and coming teams for a while. Remember Ronaldo when he went to Juventus? That was from Real Madrid. That was that was a tectonic shift. What we're seeing now is like an asteroid going into middle of European football. Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, we'll we'll we will see what happens there. Uh, one last note. Got to talk a little bit about the U.S. women's national team. Even though they got a bronze in this past Olympics, um, they're one of the most winningest teams of all time. The first, I would say, part of that team, maybe not the heartbeat, maybe not the soul, but definitely a very, very, very big, important part of that, Carly Lloyd, has retired from professional soccer. Um, There's been a lot of talk uh, and speculation about if Megan Rapinoe is next, and can't really speculate too much on it, right? Carly Lloyd has a fantastic story career. She's done so much for women's soccer and the game of soccer. Um, it's it's okay to ask if we're seeing the end of a great era in women's football. Not because they didn't get a gold medal this time, because we know that the world competition is killer. Um, but just because when you have someone who's a leader in the team like that, be like, you know what? It's time for me to step aside. It's time for the you know, these young bucks to come and, and, and take the mantle and move on. Um one of those people, you can survive. A couple of those people, you can't survive. Now, I don't think yes. Carly Ro- Lloyd is the first one to go. Rapino, and then, um, you know, Alex Morgan will be next, right? Like, it's not going to be a domino effect. But it will happen, I think, in the next couple of years that you'll see them generally say, look, you know, soccer has been my first love. Now I need to focus on my family or my career, and now I'll step away. Um, and you do wonder, even though the talent is still there, the world has now etched up. They, they're definitely nipping on our heels more than they were before. So, you know, what? what is the end game here? And again, we talked about it. 
I, I lobbied hard. I want a last dance style, uh, 10 part documentary on the U S women's national team. And I hope that someday we get one, uh, because it would just be fascinating, but uh, yeah, congrats to Carly Lloyd. One hell of a career. All right. Second quarter, just flying right along. We talked about the Olympics a lot. U S we came, we saw, we conquered 113 total medals. And we squeaked out the gold medal lead 39 to 38 in the fourth quarter. Took a minute to get there, but goddamn, that was exciting. Now, mm. again, a lot of bad things with this Olympics. Not a very good TV schedule. Not a very good way to see uh, and watch live events, which you would think, you know, given the streaming rise of everything that we did in 2020, uh, we would have had a better thing at. It, it's, it's very disconcerting as a fan when you're sitting in a meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning and you're getting Twitter updates saying, oh, by the way, the U.S. men's just won this basketball game. You're like, I thought it was tonight at eight. And you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. The coverage is tonight at eight. And like they put so much production work into it. Um, But man, a lot of missed opportunities. Having limited to no fans in the stands outside of other players and coaches was weird. I think like, again, we've we've talked before, like they could have done this last year and we would have the same product. Um, You do wonder if having to be in a peak cycle for an extra year and everything kind of affected it. But at the end of the day, the United States still came out and they, and they put their best foot forward and we won a ton of medals. And that's what we do at Olympics. And uh, again, I'm going to go ahead and fold my flag up and I'll put it away and I won't be as rabid of a fan for the next you know three years until we get to Paris in 24. <laughs> but um, it, it was a very, very good thing. New sports, new people, young, young people whose lives are going to be completely changed forever. A 13-year-old skateboarder, for example, a 17-year-old yep. Olympic swimmer. Um, Who had to go back and go to high school. Correct. <laughs> you know, can, you, can you imagine like, oh, hey, um, yeah, you got a C on this test. Like, did I get a C or did I get a B? Yeah, I got this go gold ahead. medal. You know what I mean? Like, I'll let, I'll let you hold it. You know. <laughs> like, I was sorry. It was so hard to study for this test because my medal kept clanging on the desk every time I leaned <laughs> over. It was very distracting. I'm sorry. Oh. Or like the college – imagine uh, – all the college athletes that had to go back to campus. Yeah. Especially in, you know, some of those schools where American pride is, uh, you know, a massive, massive thing. Um, yeah, those, those, those particular athletes, uh, I, I think are, are set for at least, you know, the next, the next year or two, next couple of years. One, one, one final bit on this before we move to the third quarter, shout out to Allison Felix. Fifth Olympics, 11 medals, ties, no, past Carl Lewis for the most medals ever won by an American in track and field of the Olympics. Um, came back after uh, a very scary uh, pregnancy. Left Nike, yep. put money into her own shoe, like contract, like signed with Athleta, and then was winning medals on the world stage. Um, there are so many Americans who actually just absolutely gave it their all. And even for those who lost, there's solace in the fact that you're, you're the top 600 in the world. Out of 7 billion people on this rock, you are one of the top 1% of the 1%. It's, it's just an unbelievable thing. Cannot wait for the Olympics to get back. We're actually, because the Olympics was delayed a whole year, we're not that far from the Winter Olympics. Very happy about that already. So, you know, I'm putting the flag away for a little bit, but don't worry, it's coming out. All right, third quarter now, NBA free agency update. I said falsely on an earlier episode because the information we had at the time, I'm like, yo, Kawhi didn't sign his 
His extension, he's leaving. He didn't leave. He came back. Chris Paul stayed with the Suns. Joel Embiid, big contract, four years, $196 million. We said, hey, Celtics, why haven't you done anything yet? And they signed Marcus Smart to a long-term extension. So I, I, yep. I'm very happy about that. Very happy about that. Put it on your calendars, Christmas Day. Lakers, Nets. It's going to be insane. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kevin I mean, not James Harden, Kevin Durant, like Kyrie Irving. There's a, the an, an embarrassment of riches. You know what I mean? This is this is two heavyweight fighters going at it. I'm absolutely thrilled for it, and I cannot wait. I hope it's like you know the the middle of the day game because I, I don't know how your family does Christmas. Like you know, we open gifts in the morning, and like usually, like we kind of skip lunch, and then we have like a big holiday dinner. I want it to be like that. That middle of the day game, but it won't be. It'll be like that primetime game, probably. That's what will happen. So, yeah. I, I want to be like, hey, let's hurry this dinner up. Just, you know, sports on, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll be working. So, uh, I'll have time for sports. I'll be sleeping or I'll have time for sports. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, a lie detector, the last lie detector test determined that was a lie. Okay. Head into the fourth <laughs> quarter here. We're flying right along. NFL preseason, it's here. Tim. I'm sure you've heard all about Trey Lance and that 80-yard touchdown bomb or how Justin Fields threw for a touchdown, ran for another one, or how everything Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be he looked like or how Tim Tebow didn't exactly block anyone on the line. Look, all the things that happen in the NFL preseason are very good. Teams are flushing out to get their rosters ready. You can only overreact so much because the competition is usually against the twos and the threes, not against the ones. The ones are in there for a series. That, that, That being said, Chicago, with Justin Fields, obviously has something. That explains why they drafted him. Trey Lance's final stat line did not look fantastic. Old boy missed a lot of throws. But that one 80-yard throw against a Super Bowl team in the Chiefs is enough to inspire people to start saying, oh, my God, maybe this is this is what this kid should do. The amount of conversations happened the past few days about um, they should definitely start him over Jimmy G. It's like, guys... We're not GMs, yeah. okay? Yeah. <laughs> Shanahan and Lynch know what they're doing. They knew what we didn't, which is why they said they were open to all options at quarterback. And I poo-pooed them on this podcast. We're going to see what happens. There's probably going to be some design plays for him this year. Maybe he gets some playing time. Maybe he doesn't. But you can't overreact to what you see in preseason. Uh, right. Because my beloved Seattle Seahawks got their ass handed to them by the Las Vegas Raiders. Russ didn't play. Half the offensive line didn't play. The defensive starters didn't play. Um, and and they were still yeah. kind of in the game. It's not a gentleman's agreement when you go in the preseason, but it's definitely not the best football either. So we have one less preseason game this year. That's even even worse. Yep. And two extra weeks. Yeah, right, because you, you got the bye and then you have a 17th yeah. game. So, um, yep. Tim, did you watch Hard Knocks this year? Uh, no, I to be uh, I got to be honest, I have not watched a single – Season of hard knocks. Uh, and given that this year it was the Cowboys, I really had even less interest of watching. Um, I, you know, if I want to watch uh, Dak Prescott and uh, and the Cowboys, I'll just watch, you know, Mr. Glass and uh, <laughs> I, I look I, some, some M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> we we have been. Oh, yeah, because it's that team has a lot of faces to it for sure. Well, um, no, it's that, and and that Dak just uh, everyone got excited with the contract extension, and then the news was immediately followed with, oh, and he also is dealing with an injury. So, yeah, 
and that that's the thing. I, I sort of feel like if you have a team that's been a repeat team on hard knocks or all or nothing, um, they they kind of know what to do, right? They know how to yuck it up for the cameras a little bit. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but obviously Dallas is moving in a different direction. The way that episode one opened up with Stephen Jones, uh, Jerry Jones, sorry, but Jerry Jones like almost in tears about how like he would give anything to kind of get back to a Super Bowl type guy. You've won a couple of championships. You just haven't won one in 40 years, which is yeah. insane because <laughs> I'm not 40. <laughs> so like I've never, I'll be, well, no, it's like 30 something, right? Because they won it in the 90s. Almost my entire life. Yeah, pretty much. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of wild, all things considered. At the end of the day, everyone's going to hype themselves up and be like, oh, this is who we are as a team. I love to see the fact that Zeke Elliott slimmed down. I love to see that CeeDee Lamb's making a ton of, of catches. I love to see that the defense is kind of getting right. I love to see that the offensive line is getting mauling and back to what they need to. Dan Quinn, former uh, you know defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, good luck to you down there. John Fossil talked about getting a vasectomy in a room full of young players. I, I don't know what the hell that was all about. But Hard Knocks is supposed to kind of give us this intimate look into an NFL team. What I can tell is that Mike McCarthy wants to be the analytics head coach and that it just he can he can look me in the face and tell me he's an analytics guy. I just won't believe it. He, <laughs> yeah. it, it is it is kind of weird. And Dak has already got a latissimus uh, dorsi strain and they're talking about maybe he won't play week one. Maybe he will. It's like, oh, boy. So yeah. we got to sit for another three weeks of this. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh for for anybody who didn't who didn't catch my early reference, it's an unbreakable reference. Uh, it was a movie by M Night Shyamalan with Bruce Willis, and it turned out Samuel L. Jackson was uh, uh, this wheelchair bound dude whose bones were so brittle that he always got injured uh, mm-hmm. just doing random things. Turned out to be a super villain. So uh, <clears throat> I felt like my joke missed the mark. So there's that. Uh, anywho. Um, yeah, Jerry Jones, I think, is slowly creeping into that like age where you start to question whether or not he's senile and should be making decisions. Uh, Robert Kraft is one of those, but Robert Kraft has deferred most of his decision making now to Bill Belichick for the most part. He still weighs in, or the, the office will we'll say still weighs in on some decisions that uh, that Bill doesn't necessarily always uh, agree with, but I think Jerry Jones is one of those who still swings his weight around. Um, while I have not seen it, I have heard from from several different folks that Jerry Jones is uh, you know, a little crazy or this this paints him in a very sort of crazy light. So uh one of the I'll probably end up watching some of this. It's just it's not it has oh, we're recording it. I'm I'm gonna though. watch it. I'm just not gonna watch it live, right? Like when, yeah. when Chelsea and I started watching Hard Knocks a few years ago, like when the Browns were on, like yeah. You really saw that. Yeah, you you really saw the dysfunction with Hugh Jackson there, Todd Haley, Baker Mayfield, all that quarterback drama. The the dog yeah. that like roams the headquarters of like the Cleveland Browns like front office, like great stuff, yeah. great stuff to see. You know, behind the scenes, the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like I mean, it's America's team. We all know about it. And they're like, oh, this team has championship hopes. It's like, gosh, no, they don't. <laughs> no, 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 they don't. <laughs> I've been spending all my, uh, I've been sp- spending all my spare time. This is totally unrelated, but I've been spending all my spare time now trying to catch up on Stranger Things. So when I'm watching shows, okay, Stranger Things, I I saw the first you hate season you hate going to sleep, sleep, um, you know, with no nightmares, right? I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm a grown ass man. Scary movies don't give me nightmares. Don't you worry about that. Oh, nah, man. <laughs> when I when I saw the uh, the new um. What was the movie that came out on 6-6-2006? The 
Conjuring? No, The Omen. That was a remake of that, like that movie from the sixties. Yo, I saw that in theaters. I just, I was scared shitless for weeks, and I had to like you know get up early in the morning because I was like I worked at a golf course and I was like mowing greens. I was fucking terrified. I was seeing things behind trees at, at like three four o'clock in the morning while I'm mowing. It, it just it I, haven't, I haven't seen the Omen yet, but have you seen the Conjuring? I no, because I saw one part of that uh, the preview where like the nun yeah. is like. Ah! comes down the hall like no no like final (laughs) final destination movies i'll watch but the whole um what was what was that movie that was like done blair witch style and there's like 18 of it or like seven or eight of them now where it's like the haunt not the haunting but um was what was it the blair witch project because there's several of this oh uh, paranormal activity paranormal activity that first one was so good the second one was pretty good but that first one before you knew, like, is this real? Is it not real? Uh, those are the kind that I like, the ones that really push the boundaries of, like, realism. Like, I thought the Blair Witch Project, except for the motion sickness, was, uh, like, genius. Because oh, yeah. it was, nobody it was knew whether time. it was yeah. real. Nobody, the ending, like, all of that stuff. You know, there are people to this day who probably still get a little spooked venturing into the woods um the conjuring is kind of i'm one of them yeah Mm -hmm. on the lines with it it gets a little it gets a little crazy the babadook that was a good one if you haven't seen that one um what was it oh man old school movie that you gotta watch i don't know if it still holds up it's silver bullet from stephen king about a werewolf oh no that one was phenomenal because i think it may have also been based in maine well, like most of his books are, but you know, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe we're the monsters because shout, right shout out to the uh, shout out to the Dark Tower, Green Mile, it. Even the it remake was pretty good. You know what I mean? I watched yeah. that. Oh, I love I, I I love the the it remakes. The original ones were kind of like hokey to me, but if you I I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast before, but if you've not read or listened to the audiobooks from the Dark Tower, it is like his magnum opus, and there are references to every one of his books he's ever written in it um it is amazing the movie that they tried to turn seven books into like a one two-hour movie uh was it idra uh, edra ibis ibis or idris alba idris alba i can never say that man's name right uh is the perfect character for it even though it's written for like a clint eastwood style character yeah um you start reading it as clint eastwood and then uh the movie got casted and that's who was the, and I could not not read it in that voice, like going forward. That's all I could picture. And he's the perfect part, for, uh, the perfect actor for it. That book, the whole series, it's crazy, but it's so good. And it takes place in Maine. Um, anybody who's listening who has any ties to Oxford Hills, Maine, uh, oh, hearing him start our talking about podcast co host. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who, uh, you start hearing, you know, on major publications and major books, they start referencing places that you've actually been to out on like the Waterford line, you know, like Touch General Store, like that sort of stuff. It is, it's so good. I'm going on a tangent, so I'm going to end it, but he makes references to like all of his, uh, his scary movies. Um, Stephen King himself is actually in the story. It is, phenomenal it, it's it's like seven or eight books long um if you love reading start reading it if you aren't a big fan of reading start listening to the audiobooks unfortunately one of the voice actors on like a couple of the middle books wasn't great but still 
worth worth it. I've listened to the entire series uh, three times, and I'm currently on my fourth listen. Look at that! Yeah, yeah. damn. All right. I may or may not have them online for anybody who wants to, you know, get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. Follow us on Stats No Matter. Ask me for it, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll provide you the link. All right. Let's let's get into this mock draft here. Um, mm. Let's see. <clears throat> these things are just filling up. There's a ton, ton of these things. You want to do PPR or regular? Uh, let's do PPR. Okay. It's all of my leagues. How many leagues are you in this year? Uh, four currently. I'm in three. Let's do so, this beginner one? PPR mock. Uh, Eight of twelve. No, let's do the five of ten one. Beginner PPR mock. It's now seven of ten. Ten thirty. Yep. yep. Oh no, there's two of them on top of each other. I have eight of ten and nine of ten. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll just I'll just pop into one. No, no, yeah, okay. Which one? Uh, all right. Did you do top or did you do top or bottom? There's two on top of each other. Uh, which one are you in? Are you in the expert PPR mock two of ten? Expert PPR? Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Uh, let's see. All right, let's let's scroll down to the bottom because these are all filling up. Okay. All right. This is live. Let's, everyone. let's go. Let's go. This beginner mock two of ten. Beginner mock. Be- beginner two of ten. Ten thirty mock snake. Yeah, where did it go? Why did it move? Because it, as it fills up, I think it moves up the list. But I think this is why they don't do. Uh, we'll call it multiplayer. Uh, mock drafts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So which one are you in? I'm not in one yet. I'm not in one yet. Okay. I'm watching with you. Let's. Oh, uh, uh, beginner mock. Uh, three of eight filed. Beginner mock three of eight. Don't click any of it so it doesn't change. Okay. One, two, three, go. All right. So H two eight points mock. Yep. Okay. Which? All right. So. Two okay. Oh, you took two. All right, all right, all right. Cool. No, I just, I, I did, I just picked join draft and it put my place in there. All right, I have. All right, I have team six, and you have team three. So you're the third pick. I'm the sixth pick. This is a snake draft. What that means for folks that are listening is we basically go one through eight, and then eight picks again, and goes backwards down to one. So this is a this is a very important thing. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about mock drafts here. It's going to be really quickly. Mock drafts, why do you do them? Well, you do them so you can make mistakes before you draft your fantasy football team to go into the season. Very, very important to do this. Some people are going to play to their favorite team strengths. Some people are going to stick to very certain strategies like zero RB or um, you know getting the best player available. All of those things you have to do. You have to try. You have to figure out those things. You got to make mistakes when it doesn't count because it's going to give you a grade for the mock draft. And it's very, very important. Tim, when you mock draft, you got to know your league scoring settings. We talked about, excuse me, PPR or non-PPR. Yep. PPR is point per reception. So every time your player catches a target, they secure it. That's a point plus the yardage. Regularly, it's just the yardage for rushing or receiving. So PPR points, kind of scoring bonanza. That's why some leagues do half point PPR because some people are target monsters. And all they do is just get targets all day. Um, in PPR leagues, you definitely want to stilt towards running backs that catch passes, right? They're at a premium. Non-PPR, you want to get the best player available. It's something really to remember is 
you can't win your draft. You can't win your league on draft night, but you can certainly lose it on draft night for sure. Because you could set yourself at such a disadvantage that you won't necessarily have the ability to trade for different pieces later on in the season. So that's a big thing too. When you go to mock draft, if you don't get the player you're looking for, not a big deal. Not a big deal. So the, the, I'm going to go out on a uh, a, a limb here well, and be honest and tell everybody that while I do fantasy draft, I'm still relatively new to the fantasy world. I'm only about three years in. Uh, two of those years was uh, were, were like ones in which I was very focused on. Um, last year... Not so much. I kind of took a step back a little bit. It was a little crazy. Uh, I just had too much going on. So my style is a little bit of a blend. Um, I tend to lean a little bit tight end heavy most uh, most years. Um, I take my quarterbacks late, especially depending on the type of league that I'm in. The one that Sam and I are drafting in right now, there's only eight teams. So we're all going to have a good team. This is a scenario in which you do not want to take a quarterback early. You're going to see somebody step in, um, make a mistake, or they're going to jump in early and they're going to draft someone like a Patrick Mahomes. Or you know, there are people who are going to draft those guys, no matter what, sometime in the first three rounds because you know everyone's wondering who the first person to pick a quarterback is going to be. And once someone does, it kind of starts a little bit of a windfall where everybody who's not as familiar with the process starts quickly picking them up. But the difference between, you know, like your fifth and sixth ranked quarterback and like the 12th ranked quarterback are so uh, minimal most of the time that uh, it's not really that big of an issue. So you want to save those guys for maybe fifth, Six rounds, depending. If they start going very quickly in like the fourth round or fifth round, then you may want to consider it only because you don't want to be stuck with uh, yeah. the bottom of the barrel. Because you, you might know. have to make a business decision depending on what goes on in the league. Because at the beginning part of the draft, everyone's going to make a run on running back or yep. wide receiver, right? So you're you're not really at a disadvantage there because they're all top top of their game. But if uh, if a lot of quarterbacks start going and, and you have a plan, I'm going to sit, I'm going to wait on a certain position with this quarterback, like just do enough mark drafts and get comfortable with making those choices so that you're much better off. And then you can have confidence in the team that you have. Yeah, there are there are scenarios in which a lot of people avoid running backs for the most part because the spread between the top five and then below is, a is lot. pretty significant. But when it comes to wide receivers in those positions, the difference between one through five and like five through 12 isn't as big of a difference. It's a very wide receiver heavy uh, group now. Uh, and, get, and guess who's on the on the clock, everyone? Team Cronin. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry have both gone off the board in the first two picks. Uh, obviously, great players. They're going to get yep. a ton of usage. No problem See, with either of those going off the board. What is Tim going to do? What is he going to do? So I have a bunch available to me. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, Squam yeah, Barkley, Alvin I Kamara. See, I usually go running back with this. 16 first seconds pick. on the board, Tim. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go Cook because uh, Elliot has had some issues. Dak, you know, that team is sort of questionable. Um, 
Kamara, I know, isn't necessarily comfortable on that team, so we don't know what he's going to be like. And then Saquon Barley, he's a point machine, but he's already listed as questionable going into the season. So that one's and, tough. And now I am on the clock. Travis Kelsey, my beloved Travis Kelsey, is gone. Um, I saw that. Yeah. Here we go. And, Al- and Alvin Kamara is too. And you know what? I got to choose between Ezekiel Elliott or Taylor from Indianapolis for the running back. I got to say, I know that Dallas likes to run the football a lot. I know they have the ability. I'm going to take the upside there. I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott with my fifth pick. Boom. Jonathan Taylor wouldn't be a bad pick either. I I stayed away from Saquon Barkley because he's coming off an ACL tear. He's on a bad team. I'm not really sure what to do with that. Um, I probably would have gotten Chubb in your position. Maybe. Yeah, uh, definitely. Players still Here's some of the things that we're looking at, too. Like, when you look at the projected points for the year, I mean, you got guys who are projected in the, you know, 15th spot, the 10th spot, and the 11th spot that are all still 220, 211 and above. And hallelujah, I am back on the board now. The snake moves quickly. Jonathan Taylor, Stefan Diggs, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson. Damn it, I wanted Devonta Adams, but I guess, I guess I'm going two running backs. Here we go. I am taking <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. I know that my running backs now are pretty much set. My set it and forget it every week. I could probably grab one more running back, which I probably will, and maybe another one for my bench. But I really need to focus on wide receivers and tight ends now. That's what I need to do. And there's nothing but running backs on this list now. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So you could tell the league that we're in, most of the folks who are are picking uh, might be leaning more towards, you know, running back free uh, teams or at least not prioritizing running backs. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs still being there at uh, round two, pick five, number 12 overall. It's kind of, kind of insane to me. I mean, yes. he's got Josh Allen as a quarterback. Like he is definitely, definitely a very good pick for you there. If you were to yeah. do it. Although yeah, Naj- Najee Harris or Austin Eckler are, are not bad either. Yeah. I was debating on those. I'm going to get, they're both running backs. Harris. Yeah. I'm going to get Harris just to, uh, Actually, you know who I might go with? I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I'm gonna gamble. And I wanna go with uh Mixon. Just because Ooh. you got a you got okay. a quarterback. You All got right. a quarterback coming back. Shout out to Nick injuries. and Sam. Yeah, very big uh Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> fans. Hashtag uh, let Joey got, Roar. We got uh we got Burroughs coming back off a little bit of an injury, might be a little gun shy. They may okay. need a little run heavy. Okay. Uh he had a solid year last year, but obviously they were working off of a backup situation with, with Dalton and then, you know. I uh, I like that pick. I'll take that one. It's a little gamble. And you're back team. on the clock, Tim. And the amount of time it took know. you to explain your last pick, you gotta pick another one. Yeah. So now I'm gonna start targeting uh running backs. Already, a lot of the good ones came off the board. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go Hopkins first. Oh, my first running back. Okay. They're coming DeAndre off Hopkins, a little momentum. Not, not a bad pick yeah. there. Not a bad pick. A lot of, lot of crowded uh, opportunities on the Arizona team, but uh, yep. Kyler Murray is probably the QB two, if not the QB one uh, yep. in fantasy. So th- he's going to get a ton of targets, right? A lot of mouths to feed there in Arizona, but I, I, that was a good pick, Tim. 
the the problem with Arizona is that you always wonder, you know, how many points you lose to to receivers um, in a, on a team with a running quarterback, because a lot of times they'll tend to uh, try to extend the play with their legs uh, instead of some quarterbacks who might maybe wait a moment to try and wait for a player to free up, mm. get it downfield, they'll right. just run. So. So I am now on the clock, and I, as I went running back, running back, I could get a third running back here, but I'd be I'd be risking the other skill positions, right? I definitely need to pay attention to those. So I need I need wide receivers here, wide receivers on the board: Justin Jefferson, Scary Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans. Any one of those three, I would be comfortable with taking with this pick, to be honest, because I I have a snake pick coming back around. Justin Jefferson, huge, 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 um, huge, huge jump from last year. That's where I'm going to go. Justin Jefferson. If either one of those other wide receivers comes back around for the turn, I will probably grab one of them. Um, Scary Terry is a brand-new quarterback this year in Fitzmagic that likes to sling it all over the field. Uh, and Scary Terry had 1,000 yards last year with a, a lineup of quarterbacks. Everyone. It, he, he is giving himself one of those DeAndre Hopkins careers where DeAndre Hopkins was with the Houston Texans and put up 1,000 yards with four different quarterbacks in a single season, right? Mm-hmm. There, are, there are some people that are just – stalwarts at the position. They're going to get points no matter what. That's what I went for there. And sometimes that's what you have to do when you mock draft because you got to think if you're going to build a real team, you'd want someone who has a ton of targets. If you can't get the number one on a team, you want the number two who fights the number one for targets. That is the most important thing. Let's see here. Clyde Edwards Hilaire still on the board. We're in round four. I don't know if people think he's maybe snake bit or maybe Damian Williams uh, maybe they think they're going to throw it a lot more this year. Who knows? In this particular mock draft, the 19th overall player were 32 picks in. Mm-hmm. He just got selected. Uh, that's that's a, that's what I would call draft steal for sure. Now again, eight teams playing, so usually 10 to 12 teams. You wouldn't you would have already been gone by now. So that's very important too. And now I'm on the clock, and Scary Terry is available. Terry McLaurin, welcome. The team, Sam. This is kind of an interesting, uh, interesting draft. You know, watching who's being picked in what positions. I I just got to spoil it here. I got a choice coming up, probably right after you. Oh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to grab Allen, but Allen just got picked up. Uh, Keenan Allen from the Chargers. Yeah, very good pick. A lot of volume. Uh, I think I'm going to go Thielen. Not a bad pick either. I I think that he might might see a regression in targets this year, but that dude is the goal line look if Dalvin Cook isn't it. That's the only thing I would say is you grabbed Cook, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to go Woods or or Thielen, but I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Thielen. He had a solid year last year. Um, yeah, you could do that, but I just think that having a running back and a wide receiver from the same team kind of puts you in a bad spot some weeks where they really don't put out yeah. offensively, you know? Obviously, it puts you in a tough spot when... Oh, no, no, I grabbed... Uh, who did I grab last time? No, you grabbed Allen Thielen. Yeah. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. I think you wanted um, Allen Robinson the second, but you didn't grab him. <laughs> <laughs> I got Cook, Mixon, Hopkins, and Thielen, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm I'm okay with. Um it's probably probably a misplay. I probably should have um, maybe held off. I, I hate playing too many teams because then you go into scramble mode for mm-hmm. 
bye weeks, but I don't necessarily trust Chicago this year. Uh, probably would have gone Woods. Kind of panic picked there for a yeah, second. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a bad thing. Through, I was looking through both of them. If Woods is still on the board, I'm going to pick him up on this next one. Well, yep, he's still up. Here, here you are, Tim. You're on the board. Let's go. All right. And so you I got did Woods pick Collins. Robert Woods. That's a good pick. You know why? I, I think that Matt Stafford elevates the Rams uh, quite yep. a bit. And um, you're going to get a lot of volume because – Woods had a ton of volume with Jared Goff behind center. So you're yep. going to get points there. You know who's crazy and fell on the board is OBJ. I know he's coming off of an injury, but I do not, one, expect him to be ranked 50th overall. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. I think it's fair. There's there's definitely more of a run first. Um, maybe chuck it to the tight end or maybe to Jarvis Landry because that's what they're used to doing. Yeah. I mean, he's OBJ. He's not Donovan Peoples Jones. Like you're, you're, you're making the right choice if you decide to grab him. I think he'll have a big bounce back here, so you're going to get a value play for him. I'm now on the clock. Uh, top picks are running back, running back, running back, running back. Mari Cooper at seven. He's questionable. Chris Godwin. If I have to go with a quarterback, this is very important. If I have to go with a quarterback for a team who's possibly injured and someone who might struggle like Amari or someone who has the goat thrown to him, which way do you think I'm going, Tim? Yeah, maybe the goat. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the goat. I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm gonna trust that uh, Brady's gonna find him for sure. And thus far, I've got two running backs and three wide receivers. So I need a tight end or a quarterback. The top mm-hmm. three tight ends are already off the board: Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. Probably already gone. I might have to sit and wait for a little bit. But I'm tight ends. You mean? Yeah, I, I might have to wait for a little bit. We got just nothing but wide receivers coming up here. Yeah, we got a lot of them. A lot. I'm I, the, I'm not the, I'm not diving into there's only eight teams and there's more than eight quarterbacks in the league who are capable of putting up points. You know the ones that are gonna go early. It's gonna be um obviously Mahomes is gonna go first. You might see someone um Murray. Potentially may go. Lamar may go. The problem with Lamar is he was kind of up and down last year. Rodgers is probably going to go. I mean, I guess if I wait, by the time it gets to me, it's I'll be picking between like Brady, Tannehill, Hurts, Stafford, or Burroughs. Which yeah, so- is obviously that's not a, a bad pool. And then as it works down, then you have Lawrence, uh, Tua, I mean, Roethlisberger, Mayfield. I mean, the the, the draft class in terms of points – Oh boy. It's pretty good. I'm now on the clock. Uh three running backs, two receivers, another couple of running backs. Look, I wanted to get a tight end here, but there are no tight ends. And I don't know for sure. Oh, we've already done a run on quarterbacks. Okay, cool. I'm not gonna be able to do this here. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to wait, but uh that's not gonna work. Okay. I said earlier, go with the upside. I'm a homer. I'm going to take Tyler Lockett here. Probably a bit of a reach, but I'm going to do it. I trust Lockett. This dude is a target machine. He catches almost everything Russell Wilson throws to him. I watch every single game. He's going to have a couple of those games where he's going to get like six points, but he's going to have a lot of those games where he's going to get one or two touchdowns because everyone's going to be trying to stop Chris Carson to Kalen Metcalf. And now Russell Wilson underneath a very new scheme with uh, with Shane Waldron. 
former offensive coordinator from the Rams. And if, and if Shane Waldron can make Jared Goff look good, whew, we're good. Team Cronin on the clock again. We are flying through these picks. What are you doing, Tim? <laughs> Got to go tight end, I think. Um, uh, you know, they're clearing out very quickly. <laughs> um, right now, we're already down to the 73rd ranked player in uh, Hawkinson. But I'm going to go uh, probably with um, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think... The rookie. Wow. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Let's high go. Risk. That's what I'm going for. I think I think that team, it's got some work to do. I think Ryan is, uh, I think he's kind of gotten a little gun shy. Tight ends tend to be the out card for guys who may not be comfortable throwing downfield. Uh, we saw that a lot with um, Brady when, uh, you know, he had a lot of the changeover in New England where he was no longer comfortable throwing to Dobson or the guys downfield. He relied pretty heavily on Gronkowski. Now Gronkowski's, you know, a Kelsey level player that, you know, it's, it's, it's more the exception than anything else. Um, But I think they're get out of jail free cards and you start seeing them used a little bit more, especially as quarterbacks start to age a little bit. Uh, Team Cronin on the clock again. You you got this thing down pat, Tim. You, you, you make a pick, you start talking and you have a pick by the time you finish your thought. (laughs) It's almost like you've done this before. Yeah. Let's see. I got to start. I got to start considering bench and, and, and some, some of my, uh, my flex positions here. Um, uh, I see Edmonds is still on the board, but I'm a little, uh, I'm a little heavy. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go four, three, two, go Edmonds, eight chase Edmonds. All right. There you go. Yeah. I need, uh, I need at least one, uh, one RB on the bench kind of dealing with injuries. He's the highest rated, uh, one of the highest rated players still left on the board. So throw him on the bench and I'll start backfilling uh, some wide receivers. We're going into the seventh round, so I expect quarterbacks to start. Yep, there goes Lamar Jackson. Yep. And I, I thought about maybe taking another wide receiver or maybe even trying to see what was available at tight end, but let's be honest, uh, the quarterbacks are going to be needed to go, and I, I've got to grab someone here. Um, yeah. Come on, team. Wilk. Amari Cooper's still on the board, though. That's interesting. I think it's because of injury history. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so the top uh, four players, top three players, some just got uh, uh, Kenny Galladay. He was listed as questionable. But we have uh, DeAndre Swift, Amari Cooper, and Cortland Sutton, who are all listed as questionable right now. Then it's Derek Johnson. I mean, uh, Deontay Johnson and uh, Brandon Ayuk. And then... OBJ, who's also questionable. Mm. So, and I am those, now. Those cues are yeah, spread. They're they're crazy. Wide. I am now on the clock. I have I have to get a quarterback here. I got two quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Love Russell Wilson. Absolutely love Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers has been thirteen and three past two seasons. Got Devontae Adams. Got everyone back. And Randall Cobb. Got to draft him. Love you, Russ. We'll pick you up in another league. I'm sure. I have to go with a surefire fantasy. Your first six picks in in a mock draft kind of are what setting the tone for you in the future. Uh, like what, what kind of team you're going to build and the first six picks that you have are you're expecting those people to be the linchpin of your team going forward. You have to get those right. You absolutely have to. As an example, like Kareem hunt just got picked up and we're already the first pick of the eighth round. So 
that's why I do these mock drafts to kind of get a feel for for how that happens because that's somebody I, I never expected to sit and go that low. OBJ just went with a second pick of the eighth round, so there are still value to be found later on. So you don't want to go necessarily too hard early on because there's still some steals that you can find a little bit later. Now I'm back on the clock. A ton of wide receivers, not any running backs. Got 30 seconds to make a pick. I have a lot of receivers on week nine for buy. And I like to draft, so I don't have a ton of people on buy. Logan Thomas, Washington tight end, Noah Fant, tight end. I don't really think they're going to be here. I'm going to go with Mike Davis, former Seahawks player. He's he's the lead guy in Atlanta now. I think that's it. Maybe maybe a little reach, but I think that is definitely a good pick. You always want to go with the volume. Julio's not there anymore. The people that are going to make points in Atlanta: Kyle yeah. Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Mike Davis. That's it. So I'm back on the board now. I am going to go quarterback. We're in the eight round. Um, are you doing it? Russell Wilson just got picked out in my first pick. I don't know if I trust the health of Dak Prescott. The only remaining quarterback that's still projected to get 300-plus points is Tom Brady. I do like Tannehill. I said last year was the Tannehill redemption tour. I'm really tempted to pick him up, but Brady, the things he did last year, the the talent he has around him, it's really hard not to stare on it. I'm going to sound like a homer, but I am going to go. I think I am going to go Brady. I was tempted to go. There you go. I was got, tempted to go, go with... Burrow. Yeah. I was tempted to go Burrow because we didn't get a lot out of him last season. So we didn't really get to see Trevor Lawrence might be another one that's worth it. But the problem is, like, that's your first quarterback you're taking off the board. You got to go with somebody. In my opinion, you want to get someone you're, you you know is going to get you points. He doesn't have to be, you know, the, the driving force of all of your points, but it is something to to take into consideration. So <clears throat> let's see. I here. feel like, I, I mean, at my, at my current place, I have an okay draft. I don't know how confident I am necessarily overall. Um, but, but this, this is, this is the thing you, you, you get into a couple of these, you go, Oh, yeah. what do I do? And you grab someone, you make some mistakes. It helps get you that stomach of steel. So when you get into a draft and someone's like, Oh, I'm taking a quarterback at six pick overall. You're like, you're an idiot. And by the way, I just got the second running back. Tim Curran on the clock. Let's go. Uh, so I think I am going to go ahead and pick up. Uh, there are like no tight ends left. I'm really kicking myself right now. Yeah, there are none. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and pick Remind up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick up uh, Deontay Johnson here. I think I need a couple. Uh, or no, no. I'm going to go Amari Cooper. He's still he's still hanging around. I'm going to snatch him. If Dak is health or uh, if Dak is healthy, comes back, has a decent year. There's some there's some big upside here for this late of a pick. Um, if he's not healthy, then we got you know kind of a different story going on. But as as far as bench players go, that's that's not someone bad to kind of have in the back pocket. I got a lot of receivers that are on week nine by Cortland Sutton by week eleven, targeting him. He's available. I'm now on the board. I'm going to take Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is the de facto number one wide receiver in Denver. He's going to get a ton of targets. My current wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Scary Terry, and Tyrell Lockett. I don't need to worry about setting Cortland Sutton in every week because I have a really good bench that I'm building now. That's why it's important to do these mock drafts. Go out and make some mistakes. You want to have the top people at your position, but let me tell you what sucks. When you get into the season, because it's 15, 16 weeks, around week nine, 
when everyone starts going on by, you lose games big time. So it's mm-hmm. it's better to have folks that are have offsetting bye weeks so that you don't lose a ton of points every single week. That you're just like you're sitting ten or twelve points on the bench because those people are on by. That's much more important. I'm back up in two picks. No tight ends on the board. I don't really want to reach at this point. But I might have to. And the only the only tight ends that are that are available are from the Washington football team and the Denver Broncos. This is uh this is mm. bad. This is real bad. <laughs> I think at some point too in the draft, hopefully this team hurries up. Um just pick Jalen Hurts. A ton of upside with Hurts this year. Now I'm on the clock. Deontay Johnson would be my pick. Let's see here. I've got ooh, I've got way too many receivers. I need another running back. <clears throat> Javante Williams from the Broncos. Can't do that because I already took Cortland Southern from the Broncos. I like to do a no two from the same team. I'm going to go James Robinson here. It, it's, uh, it's a pick that doesn't make a lot of sense, but to be honest, James Robinson did everything for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Mm-hmm. Travis Etienne was drafted by the Jags uh, in the, at the end of the first round after the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted. Trevor Lawrence, they were on the same team together, but James Robinson did me a lot, a lot of good in fantasy last year. At some point, the young rook might get injured or he might not produce. Robinson, safe, safe pick there. He's not one of my my, my top starting running backs, but he will produce at some point, I'm sure. Or if I get someone in the league, there you go. If I get someone in the league who drafted Travis Etienne and he gets injured, now I have James Robinson. So you need to get him from me. So you're going to give me a trade. That's also very important. If mm-hmm. you don't get the guy that you wanted, make sure you get that that backup person so you can target for a trade weeks one, two, and three when injuries happen because people are just getting into the season. 20 seconds to go for Team Cronin. What are you doing? I know. I'm thinking going. I, I do need some tight ends. Um uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I am going to go Denver. I'm going to go Denver with uh, no fan. I know he's uh, he's young, getting himself in, but I need tight ends. I have uh, I only have one so far. Uh, well, I got zero, Tim. So let's see how. That and it goes. was be- it was between him and actually Hunter Henry from the Patriots because mm. I know he's splitting some duties with uh, John Smith. Yep, he's still available John too. Smith. Yeah, they they both are both him and Hunter Henry. And from the sounds of it, um, they've kind of been splitting work, so you really could gamble on either one of them. I'm going to gamble on one of them is what it's looking like, Tim. (laughs) Yeah. Team Cronin back on the clock. Uh, Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a big gamble. I'm going to take a big gamble. I'm going to go one other tight end. I could either fill him in if he ends up doing well. I could drop him in a flex spot. But I am going to take... Gronkowski, and the reason for that is, um, last year coming off of retirement, it took him a little bit, I think, to get back into full playing shape, playing condition, getting used to it. I think he's his projections don't necessarily line up with, I think, where he's going to land. Um, you know, I I like Gronkowski. I know he's very football minded. He may be a little bit slower to pick up the books. You know, or the playbooks, you yeah. know, in terms you never of, know. 
of some other players. So I wonder, he's one that's a big gamble. I either could have just wasted a pick because we still got guys on the board, uh, you know, who are in the 100-plus point range. But I feel like last year wasn't necessarily representative of what he means. I think his hands are still there. Just getting him in a position where he can actually contribute. So yeah, and for targets. All right, I got 15 seconds here. I'm on the clock. I need a tight end. I'm going to go Tyler Higby from the Rams. Uh, again, Stafford likes to, f- to favor the tight end position or a a very good like wide receiver. The way the scheme works for Los Angeles, people are going to get open. Uh, and seeing tight ends burn Seattle two times a year, at least, for the Rams, I, I think I'll take those points where I can get them. Here's where I start to look a little bit at uh, like trade value and trade bait. And one of those big ones is the quarterback position. So I don't want to plant any seeds in Sam's head, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks still. I, on the, I don't uh, do on that. I, I don't do that. I grab, I grab a, a top person at the position that I can, and I grab a scrub to just fill in for the bye week. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, I mean we're in the round 12, so we're pretty close to that scrub list anyway. People are starting <laughs> to pick defenses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Somebody people just, are. Yeah, people are bringing us. You know, starting to get defenses now. This is a crazy thing. I'm back on the clock again. I'm going to grab another tight end, and I'm going to tell you the, the tight end I'm going to grab, and here's why. Could go Johnu Smith. Could go Hunter Henry. Um, could go Ido Smith Jr. as a Smith. I could do that. Could go Eric Ebron. But I'm going to go Adam Troutman here. Okay, going way down this list. Michael Thomas is injured. The Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. You have to throw to someone, and I think it's very important to get someone. That they went up and drafted high. Huh. They obviously believe in him. Tim Cronin on the clock. I, I did Derek not. Carr I did not from mean the to Las do that. Vegas Raiders. Oh my god. Uh, so ah. I, I. Wow. So this is this, this is some of the catastrophes nah, you, you got to totally, try to avoid. Yeah, you totally meant to do that, didn't you? Uh, no. Here's some of the catastrophes you have to avoid on draft night. Uh, I went to hit the the your picks button, which is <laughs> uh, conveniently below the draft list and uh as i went to click on it i looked up at sam on the camera and when i looked down i had made a pick so that was not uh team cronin on the clock again well, I, I i guess i got uh I guess, I guess i got my two quarterbacks cool cool Derek carr what the hell man uh let's see i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna pick up juju no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm gonna go with uh who do I got? I already got Cooper from Dallas. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Juju. Yeah, I'm very mad about my car pick because that was not intentional. I'm very I'm very upset about that because it happens. It happens. This is why you mock draft. You make some mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that one wasn't even like just a picking mistake. I am that now on the clock. Up. Now on the think clock. I could, Let's I think see I could uh, just tell the app I don't need the extra space. <laughs> to get my car anyway. No, 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 no. I got 30 seconds here. I need another running back. Oh, man. Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, Michael Carter, Ronald Jones, the second, Kenyon Drake, James Conner. Hmm. <laughs> Let's go Zach Moss. He kind of he got some touchdowns last year. Split time, many headed backfield. Again, I don't need him to be the starter every single week. I just need him to get some points because he's splitting time with Devin Singletary already. 
they're going to get touchdowns. It's just maybe in that week that I need to fill someone in for a buy that I, I put them in. Yeah. So by comparison, I keep poo-pooing on my my car, my accidental car pick, but Carr is projected to be like 250, 260. Matt Stafford, who's currently the highest-rated quarterback still on the list, is 282. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a difference, but it's not like the, the biggest difference. It just goes to kind of illustrate uh, the, the fact that quarterbacks and the separation between the tops and the middle tiers isn't like super drastic. Yeah, like, like there are, uh, you know, a handful of starters that are still on this list, and it's not until you get all the way down to non-starters, like someone like Jameis Winston, uh, where you start getting down to like the 183 range. Everyone True. else is still up in the 200s. Carson Wentz is still 226. If you <sighs> want to really want to roll the yeah, dice, if you really want to roll the dice there. All right, I am back on the clock now. Now, I my team, full disclosure. The only things I don't have open, I have one spot on my bench, which I'm going to get a backup quarterback. I have a defense, a special team slot open, and a kicker. I'm going to go defense here. I'm towards the end of my draft anyways. It's cool. I need it. The points drop off is crazy. Steelers projected to get 120 points over 17 games. Broncos, 109. Patriots, 110. Browns, 110. I got to go Steelers here. Yeah. I'm going to follow suit as well, only because... um... Yeah. On the mm. clock you are. Let's go. And be very careful to hit your picks, not draft again. <laughs> <laughs> the Raiders defense special teams. The oh, team grown in. Um, let's see. How many? I think I may end up ultimately going a defensive team as well. It's going to be between the Broncos and the, the Patriots and the Browns. Um, I already have a couple of week 11 players on by, so I don't want to have to mess around with that. So not the Broncos. I'm going to go six, uh, five, go, four, three, two. I'm going to go Browns. All right. Browns events, but you don't, you don't feel nothing for Baker Mayfield, but you'll, you'll take his defense special teams all day. Won't you? Yeah, you know, defense wins games. A lot of times I've, I've won many games last year. Uh, off of some defensive prowess. Yeah, very important. Now, I'm going to go on my next pick here. I'm going to take a kicker, and then my last pick, I'm going to take a backup quarterback. I usually wouldn't do it that way. I would have got a backup quarterback before now and then a kicker at the end. Team Cronin on the clock again. Don't take the kicker that I'm thinking of, you bitch. I want to go with a team who I feel like is going to end up kicking it more frequently. That's very important. If you have a kicker from a really bad team offensively, they're going to score you a buck ton of points. That's very important. Shout out to my New York Giants. Thank you. <laughs> Graham Cano is a fantastic kicker, though. He, he, <laughs> yes. kicked, that, he kicked that 60 yarder uh, to win the game for Carolina a couple years ago. All right, now I'm yeah. on the now I'm on the uh, on the clock. Jason Sanders from Miami is probably which way I'm going to go. Greg Zerline, Greg the leg, he's out already. He's not even in. In the past, would have been great. Matt Prater, also a good kicker. Probably would have taken him. But I, I got to go with the points here. I think that the Miami Dolphins will get a lot of offensive output, but I think they will struggle in points, and I think they will just kind of kick. That just seems like to be like a like a Belichick sort of staple, right? Like play good defense, get close enough. You can't score points, kick the field goal. So I'm going to go with the team that I think might struggle a little bit, going Jason Sanders. Miami kicker. 
Well, this last pick, I tend to, I got a pretty well-rounded team at the moment. Um, for me, my last pick, I end up going with wh- whoever the highest rated player on the board is just to kind of shore things up. Um, Ooh, snap. Back on the board here. Last pick, need a backup quarterback. The quarterbacks are hashtag let Joey Burrow roar. Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungafaloa. Hey, I got Matt a quarterback Ryan, to trade you. Ben Roethlisberger. Daniel Jones. Well, this is fake. It's mock draft. You're not going to be able to trade me because tra- our teams don't matter you. after this episode. But <laughs> I'll trade you. Um, listen, Joe Burrow is supposed to have a bounce back year, be 286. Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Tungavaloa, they're going to be there. Matt Ryan, is he going to have a bit, a bit really? Um, hashtag let Joey roar. Let's go. Joe Burrow, quarterback, backup. Fair enough. <clears throat> Ah, uh, somebody just took my last pick. I was gonna oh, go with, wah, I was gonna wah, go wah. with with you. Got knocked the fuck out, uh, Debo. Debo. But, uh, <laughs> he's off the board. So um, now I'm just looking at whoever the highest rated is. Let's see, uh, you know, players who could have some potential upside that may not be uh, quite prevalent. Surprisingly enough, left on this list, someone I think who could have upside but could also crash and burn is Antonio Brown. Right, yeah. like. As a person, I hate his guts. I mean, he's a little bit of a scumbag. Um, but if he's he's going to play, um, he's one of those that you know. There's only a few points separating him Four, from the best player three, on the on the two. on the list. So and you took him. I'm going to take him only because he's another one like Gronkowski. I'm a little bit. Uh, you got a lot of Bucks players, bro. I was going to say I'm. A, I'm. I got three players from the Bucks. Three players from the Bucks. That's going to be, be hard. It 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 could be, but I mean. Not necessarily because, you know, one's a tight end, one's a right receiver, and one's my, my quarterback, right? I got Derek Carr as my backup quarterback, so I'm all set there. Uh, no, and I, and I have plenty of uh, wide receivers to, to bounce in and out of there. So, All right, so um, we, have, we have finished this draft. Now, what we're going to do, Tim, you're going to go ahead. We're going to exit this draft here. We're not going to share our top picks. No, it's not happening. Um, let's, does it give, does it yeah. give us the score? Mm, it should it should email you. That's the thing. Sometimes in the mock drafts, they'll email you like a, a group or a combined score. We did it on the mobile app, so maybe you won't be able to see it there. It's very important. Know, though, that they score those mock drafts based on total points. So if you have someone to grab three quarterbacks, they're going to get the top three quarterbacks, and they're going to get a lot of points. They, they'll score higher. When you get a, um, an actual draft, you'll get a grade, a report card. And the report card will tell you, Hey, you know, you overreached in this pick, or this was a steal. And um, these are the points that you're projected to lose on buy from these weeks. And here's what you could do. Here's who you could trade for to get better based off of their preseason rankings. Pay attention to those. Just because you get a, a C draft doesn't mean you can't win the league. I've done it. And just because you got an A draft doesn't mean you're going to win the league. You could lose it like I've done. So very important. Tim, give me your team from the top. Just your roster from quarterback all the way down. It's gone already, man. You didn't take photos? Come on. God I didn't take photos. You said to leave me. What, I thought we were going to get the email. Rookie. What a rookie. I know. That was, that was a rookie move. That was all right. a rookie move. All while right. Give me your team now. Yeah. While, while you're checking your email to see if they, if they email it to you. This is, this is my current roster, okay? Quarterback, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin. Tight end, Tyler Higby, Flex, 
Corey Goodwin. Defense special teams, Steelers. Kicker, Jason Sanders. And then on my bench, I've got Tyler Lockett, Mike Davis, Cortland Sutton, James Robinson, Adam Troutman, Zach Moss, and Joe Burrow. I've tried as much as possible to make sure I don't have too many people on a buy. Wide receiver, week nine, going to suck for me. I'm going to have four receivers on a buy. I drafted six, so I'm going to have to go running back or tight end heavy that week to make sure I score a lot of points. But I've, I've got, if I'm being honest here. Rodgers, Elliott, Taylor, Jefferson, Scary Terry, Chris Godwin were my first like six picks. Those are mm-hmm. good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a ton of points. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been trying to hype everyone up, saying the season is the last dance. So I think the dude's gonna try and go loco because he either is gonna try and play somewhere else or it's gonna all crumble down. High risk, high reward. Let me roll the dice, baby. Here we go. Tyler Higby. I already spoke. I feel like as a tight end in the scheme that he's in, he's going to get some points. But I could have tried to go for Mark Andrews or Greg uh, or George Kittle, and I didn't. What I ended up getting left with was a tight end in the later part of the draft. So I prioritized wide receiver running back, and I suffered in tight end. Now, I can tell myself in the mirror all day, Adam Troutman is going to be the number one target in New Orleans. Depending on the quarterback, he may be, he may not be. It's Alvin Kamara as the number one target, but maybe the the number two target is Adam Troutman. So what I went there for, high risk, high reward, some of the later picks, the Steelers, defense special teams, getting a ton of sacks, a lot of tackles for mm-hmm. loss, and they keep games close. So I, I can expect to get seven to eight points a week out of the defense, out of a, at a maximum, really, for most teams out of 10. That's really good. That's something I'm, I'm willing to go with, so... I think overall, the roster I have, definitely high risk towards the later round. I, I have little to no bench depth, but this is kind of what happens when you pick six overall. You're you're really at the behest of when runs happen. Some people think, I'm going to pick first. That's the best pick to be. Maybe, because you can get the best player overall when you start the draft, but then you have to be so good at the turn when you pick your next, uh, your second and your third pick, because... After that, man, it's a long time till you come back. I prefer, if I can, I get giddy when I see I have the fifth pick in a 10-team league or the sixth pick in a 12-team league because I'm in the middle round every single time. Yep. And I know when I when I do that, I can look down the list and say, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I'm at uh, 6, 12, 18. You know what I mean? Like I, I can continue to go down the list of players and say, oh, these this is the team I could I could draft. And, and most times I do. That, that's what I prefer. I don't like being number one. I don't like being number eight or number 10 or number 12 uh, yeah. because it just takes so long for the picks to get back to you. So the closer you can get to the middle, I think the better. Yes, you're going to miss out on some of the top, top tier players, but you're going to build your roster with the the workhorses that are really going to take you to the fantasy, the fantasy championship, the promised land. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, when it comes to fantasy, it's definitely a marathon, right? You're going to get, uh, you're going to have weeks where, some of your star players just aren't going to perform well like outside of injuries. Right now we have a longer season. So this uh, upcoming season is going to you know, pose a couple what ifs and some questions as we get further along um, in terms of player health. COVID obviously still lingering around could still, you know, fuck up your, your week or two because you're out. You know, you get it on a you get COVID on a Monday. You're out until the following Monday. Yeah. At least seven days. That's two games you're out. So you always got lingering things that are, are big what ifs outside of just basic injuries. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, first pick nets you, you know, you know, depending on how many players in your league, two top twenty picks. You know, at least yeah. two yep. top twenty picks that are probably out. Hey, I just got yep. an email from uh, from 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 the app oh, okay. uh, with with the uh, with the results. The results are just who you draft. Doesn't give you a grade. This this particular uh, app we use doesn't give you a grade. But I, don't worry, Tim. I'll give you a grade. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for mine to come in. I don't, I don't see. Well, it I got it, so I, I can go ahead and, and give you the breakdown. Round one. Oh, you, you got, got mine too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Round okay. one, you got Dalvin Cook. Fantastic yep. pick there. Honestly. Uh, hashtag let Russ cook. Hashtag let Dalvin cook. <laughs> We're all about the chefs uh, here. Yep. Second round, who did you pick? Joe Mixon. You went RB RB. Not a bad thing there. Joe yeah, Burrow coming back from injury. Yep. I uh, for me the the approach I took was. Uh, with with the receiving core or the receiving class this year, the depth is is pretty solid. There's a yep. lot of uh, available receivers. As we go down the list, you'll hear some of them who are out there that are all you know in the 150 plus range, which is kind of what I was targeting. Um, getting the two running backs out of the way early uh, because the fall off is a lot higher when you look at the running back class. If you look in the top 10 picks and then the the next 10 picks, it's easily between a 50 to 100 point swing. So um, in my opinion, I get those guys out of the way and then start looking at at receivers. I don't need the top receivers that are available only because, uh, you know, get four decent guys who are going to add up points versus like one early plus a couple guys, you know, later on that, that discrepancy might might come back and get you a little bit later. So I thought uh, with Burroughs coming back, you know, he might be a little gun shy. His coach might be a little gun shy in terms of him dropping back. So they mean lean a little run heavy at the start of the season. Do I think he's going to be a player I'll, I'll hold on to for most of the season? No, I mean. Good trade might, bait though. Yeah, he might be someone I look to offload maybe week four, week five, depending on how it actually Bye turns weeks. out. Yep. If he if he comes out firing and he's just throwing the ball over the field, um, and he's another quarterback that has legs, so that tends to take a little bit of the the lunch money from your running backs when you're scheming for plays and play actions, and your quarterback can actually hold on to the ball, and you you don't need to rely as heavily on your running backs. So that was one that uh, I think is at least early season. Um, Utility player for me who may end up becoming like trade bait a little bit later down the road. Yeah, your next uh, picks in round three and four, both wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen. The only thing I would have said is that, uh, you know, maybe could have gone George Kittle because you, you got a couple people on the team there from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think Kittle, out. I, I think I missed Kittle on uh, I was I was leaning Kittle. And I think he got picked right before, uh, right before mine. He no, got picked. He got picked, picked two picks after you took Adam. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> but, but that's good. It's good. You 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 solidified the position that you need. You went two running backs, two wide receivers. They're both great starters. But on the weeks that Minnesota can't get shit going, it's going to be tough for you. You know what I mean? So like yeah. maybe maybe you would take a look at that. Uh, let's see rounds five and six. What did you do? You went Robert Woods, wide receiver. Very good pick. Gadget player. Always going to get a ton mm-hmm. of points. Round five, round six, you went Kyle Pitts. You went real. You you like you threw caution to the fence there. You really didn't care about that. Kyle Pitts being a rookie, everyone <laughs> says he's going to go for over a thousand yards. 
Um, there's no one else really in Atlanta to throw to. So except for Mike Davis and Calvin Ridley, because yep. Julio Jones is now gone. So yep. I like to pick risky, that's, no risk it, no biscuit, but that's what that was. That the was volume, a, the volume is there. Yeah, that was, that was a pick where I leave him on the bench for the first few weeks, see how he pans out. Um, then make the decision whether or not I slide him in as a, as a wide receiver two or, you know, if he really comes out and he pans out, you know, slide him in over some of those other guys. You know, like you said, if 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 Thielen and those guys end up having, you know, rough, a couple rough games and, you know, maybe you slide him in. He was definitely one of those that, you know, his upside is completely unknown. This is all projection. The fantasy point projections are literally, you know, whose line is anyway numbers. You know, they don't matter. Uh they're just guesses. In fact, they're different from app to app to app. You should just sort of go on your own and and sort of look at sort of the weighted average between all of them. But yeah, he was definitely one um, who was, was a big question mark that I think has a lot of upside. So that one was a bit of a gamble. I thought, you know, I came in hot with the first uh, the the two picks before him. Mm-hmm. So yep, letting him hang out, see how he how he fleshes out before we do anything. Now, seven, eight, nine. I thought seven, you really reached for Chase Edmonds. That backfield is going to be super crowded with Kyle Murray and mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake and James Conner. I it just, maybe that'll, maybe it'll hit for you. Maybe it won't. I think it's a good, you know, late, late season pick. Uh, round eight, you went Tom Brady. You picked yeah. your quarterback at round eight and yeah. it's the goat. Um, he's not going to get you 40 points every week, like maybe Mahomes can or maybe a, uh, a Jackson or a Wilson. But he's yeah. going to get you that 18 to 22 points every week. He's going to do exactly what you need him to do. He's going to throw for 250, maybe a pick, a couple tutties, maybe three to four on a couple of those those big weeks. So very safe pick. And if you take a look at, I mean, three quarterbacks went in that round. Russell yeah. Wilson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, boom, boom, boom. You didn't get left out in the cold. I would say in round eight, what a steal. Round nine. Yeah, let's see. Who'd you get here? You got Amari Cooper. I mean, yeah. got the injury concern, but Amari is a, is a thousand yard plus receiver every single year. High risk, high reward. That keeps with you know risk it, no biscuit scenario you got going on. Yeah. Round round ten. Noah Fant, tight end, Denver Broncos. We have no idea what Noah Fant's going to do. That dude has yep. been hyped up for years. Massive risk, but you'd already identified the tight end position a little bit earlier. So you don't have to worry about this. If Noah Fant plays in your flex position a couple times, good for him. You got Kyle Pitts, who's at worst the number three option on a high-powered, let's throw it all over the place, Atlanta Falcons team, whose offensive, whose coach is the previous offensive coordinator for the Tannehill Redemption Tour. So not worried about it. Fant's going to sit on your bench most of these times, I think. Let's see, 11 and 12, what did you do? You went Gronk. <laughs> you can't. Can't not yeah. go wrong there. The only thing is, I feel like you got the stack with uh, with Brady and Gronk, but you got AB later on too. So I was like, eh, like you're kind of picking points there. Yeah. But you've seen Gronk for ten years. You know what he gets you. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some games where he's going to get three touchdowns, and some games where he's just going to get sixty yards and six point zero points because he's the only thing that's getting the offense going. Yeah, I went uh, I went Brown only because at that particular moment he was one of the higher valued uh receivers who were left and I just needed a couple bench players to cover a bye week, cover uh cover an injury week or someone sitting out, but not someone I expect to play all the time. Yeah. Uh, and if he comes out and actually has a, if he comes out and actually has a better year then uh you know potential package trade deals. But yeah, and I think you should definitely package your 
twelfth uh, round selection, uh, Mr. Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't mean to pick that, but like uh, there, there is yeah. too much going on with that team. Uh, I think it's going to be mostly run heavy. I think he's going to focus a ton yeah. on just getting the points to Darren Waller. So I would have grabbed Darren Waller if he could. Um, but that would have been Burrow. That would have been Burrow's. That's who who my backup would have been sitting on yeah. my bench. Uh, but instead, it's say one uh, mascara wearing Derek Carr. Yeah. Round third. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Round thirteen. Juju on that beat. Smith Schuster. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Yeah. Surprise. Not, not, not a high risk. Yeah. Not a high reward. But a higher floor. And I think once teams, if Najee lower, Harris lower, really lower floor, maybe a little bit. But if 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 Najee Harris starts running all over the place, teams are going to sell it to stop the run. Juju has shown that he can be the number one. But there has to be other options uh, currently, and it's just the way the offense. That's not saying anything about Juju as a player. We're saying the way the offense is right now, like that's kind of what it is. So, good bye week fill in, maybe a good flex player. He could catch fire at a middle part of the season. You might like you know put him in your lineup every single week if that was the case. See round fourteen. What'd you do here? Browns defense special teams again. They got Miles Garrett. Don't feel bad about that at all. You know what I mean? They've yeah. got a good defensive line. They've got some good uh, cornerbacks and defensive backs. And I think Mayfield's going to be just trying to get out there, keeping them in games. So kind of risky. Uh, some other defensive special teams that went that round, Steelers. Could have grabbed that. But you didn't because you, you didn't pick before I did. If you had picked the defense of the Steelers, not a big deal. Uh, let's see. Round 15 here. Graham Gano. Again, I talked about it earlier. The dude has got a 60-yard kick in his leg. He's going to miss a couple but he's going to get you more points often than not. So very good pick there. And then you finish the draft out with Antonio Brown. He's going to get the volume. It took him a little while after the suspension to get into the offense in Tampa Bay last year, but mm-hmm. he, he made it count in certain spots. Not a bad idea. I would definitely look to trade a guy like Brown, for maybe a different backup quarterback or maybe another skill player. And again, the first like three weeks, you got to be hitting the waiver wire. You have to be paying attention to those players who suddenly get the start and the teams want to ride the hot hand. Like you have to be paying attention. Those first, that, that first month of football, you've got to pay attention to the waiver wire. You got to go out there and make moves because if you don't, you're going to go left behind. So there's always maybe, a couple uh, auto drafted picks that end up back in the uh, pool yeah, because yep. somebody looked away from their phone a minute too long and it just auto drafted the top car. in that position. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so Derek Carr is going to be available tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, Tim, I don't think it. Was, I don't think it was a terrible pick. I, I think your team is more drifted, more drifted, more drafted for like uh, risk reward, and that's that's the thing about fantasy football. You either go high risk it, high biscuit, or you don't risk it, no biscuit. I like to I like to shoot a little bit in the middle. I like to take as many players as I know they're going to score me as much points as possible, and I like to take risks on the waiver wire. I don't like to do it in the draft. I want to kind of go into the season with a more built team. That's just me. Um, you know, won a you know a few championships, so the system works. You know, I want to you know brush the dirt off my shoulder, but it doesn't work for everyone, and it doesn't work depending on if you don't get a good draft. I I get lucky, and I usually draft four or five or six. Those are the best lanes to run in track, and they're the best places to get in fantasy football. So if you got that, you're going to be good. If you get the number one pick overall, you've got to do some research. So not a bad draft, Tim. Not a bad draft. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. We should do one maybe like before the season starts just to see if uh, if anything else happens. Maybe we'll pick some different positions because the injuries are going to happen between now and then. 
I'll wear my new uh, my new lucky jersey. Oh, oh Mr. DeKalen Metcalf from the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I'll wear that sucker. Uh, what, what, what day do you want me to wear that? Opening day? Yeah, opening day would be good. Yeah. Oh, well, not opening day. Uh, the first podcast we record before or after opening day. Our opening day podcast. Yeah. Because we record, we record on Tuesday nights, for those who don't know. So well, I don't know. I mean, Bachelor this? in Paradise is now Monday, Tuesday for the next like couple months. It's just getting weird. Is it really Monday, Tuesday though? It is, I and know. it's two hours every single night. It's insane. It already, it started last night. It was crazy. Yeah, but it's not on tonight. No, but next week it's on Monday, Tuesday, and there's two uh, hours both nights. Well, it looks like someone's gonna have to 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 hit the record button on those episodes because uh, <laughs> your boy has to work the rest of the week. Uh, uh, we either do yeah. things Sunday night, we miss football, or you miss. Uh, one episode of Bachelor in Paradise. I'm gonna leave that decision up to you, but I would prefer <laughs> not to miss football. Yeah, you haven't had. Guys, we're, we're about to take a four month hiatus <laughs> while Sam watches Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> I'm just gonna be recording by myself. Uh, no, 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 recap. no, 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 no. We're good. We're, we'll, we'll we'll make it happen. We will make it happen. All right, yeah, let yeah. that. Let's close up this episode of the Stats Mary Podcast. Tim, it's great. Get a mock draft. I know the last time we did an actual draft, you invited me to a league. What that ass. You have not invited me back to a league since. I don't know if the two are related or not. If you want to get into a league, I'm only in four leagues this year, Tim. I got time. Let's do it. Yeah, no, I was just that. I literally backed out of uh, a couple leagues. That was a weird league anyway. It was a, um, it was, it was kind of a work league that got put together last minute. Mm-hmm. Was yours the work, was the beer league or the work? No, league? it was, well, yeah, it was, it was a work league. That the winner was supposed to get a box of beer, and I drafted that shit. I can say it now because it's in the past. I drafted from my car on the highway. Gotcha. And I still won. Was it? No, I don't know. It was the beer league then? Did you get beer from everybody? Because if not, then that wasn't it. No. 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 Then no. it was. That was the work league, and it was uh, a bunch of people who had never played fantasy before. Uh, Jeez, now you're Tim. Now you're just like ruining my my. <laughs> no, no, no. It was one of those. Like, it was a good experience. We needed to spot the fill, and then we got this guy coming in who takes it very seriously. So, like three of us were uh, were winging it, and Sam's here doing all of his his research and study. Oh and yeah. There was there was like three guys who just let theirs auto draft, and I had to help them each week try to navigate all of it. So not only did I manage my team, I had to help manage like three other teams from the guys who worked in IT. <laughs> And, and uh, all of them, all of them lost. It was it was yeah. a great time, great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then last year I scaled it down to one because I find myself like having a hard time rooting for just football for the sake of football because you always have some vested interest now in a player. Oh yeah, that's the thing. You, you get into fantasy time. football if you if you're a fan of one team in in particular in football. When you play fantasy football, you now become a fan of sixteen teams. <laughs> yeah, this and, this is how it starts. And sometimes your teams are going kind of against each other in different leagues. Like you're rooting for a player in one league and then you got to root against him in another league. So yeah. you're very conflicted the whole time last year. Oh yeah. I got to say last year was the best year I've had watching football because mm-hmm. I didn't have as much of a vested interest in like individual players. And I thought really long and hard about getting back into football, but I mean, We'll see how this year goes. I work overnights. There's a strong chance if that continues, this might be my last year because I'm going to wake up 
to injuries and trades that have already <laughs> happened. And I want to be behind the ball or I'll be up in the middle of the night when all that stuff goes down and I'll have like a little, you're going to be killing on the waiver wire because you know, when, the, when the waivers open at two, 3 AM, you're going to just be primed. Everyone else going to be asleep and you'll be, you'll yeah. be just like sleep to sheep to slaughter. All right. Well, yeah. when you do draft for your team, get the roster and yeah. we'll discuss it on the Sassam Murder podcast. For real. All right, bud. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace.